We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we are getting ready for the 2020 college football season. Uh, Today we will be looking at the Pac-12. We'll be heading out west, looking at 12 teams out there, who our championship game picks are, who our sleeper teams are, and much, much more. We'll take an in-depth look at each of the teams. And right now we bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, how are you doing today? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm okay. Certainly could be better uh, given the uh, increasing outlook that it, uh, it certainly looks like college football will be at the very least altered. But today we're going to do our best to uh, bring you a normal hopefully informative preview of the Pac-12, a conference that, uh, you know, I, I think is, is very interesting because on the, in the South you have the traditional power of USC, which is not at its normal level, but still probably the favorite in that uh, division. And in the North, you've got, uh, forget the high-flying Pac-12 of old, uh, it's a smash-mouth division that uh, has – you know, teams with incredible defenses at the top of it. So, interesting league that uh, I'm excited to talk about. Yep. Uh, before we get into the Pac-12, we got a word from some of our sponsors. Uh, there's no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return later this month, the MLB as well. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and BetOnline has the best odds lines for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? BetOnline has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for devout gamblers to check out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline.ag on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Uh, well, sports are coming back slowly. Uh, we'll see. Um, we'll see where college football lands. I expect we might be hearing some news uh, this week. We're heading into the middle of July. There should be media days coming up, but they've got uh, moved and canceled. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated at HoosierHuddle.com and on Twitter at, at Hoosier underscore Huddle as much as possible. It seems like information is changing hourly. Uh, so it's, it's not only difficult to keep up, but it's difficult to figure out what direction you're heading in when things are spinning um, at 1,000 miles an hour. But let's, uh, let's take a look at the Pac-12. Um, 
my championship game, I, it's kind of a gimme, TJ. Uh, I, I'm taking Oregon and USC, I, I, but I don't trust USC to get there uh, just based off of Todd Helton, the, the, the um, questions they have there. And I'll, I'll cover USC in a little bit here. Uh, but Oregon is clearly the best team in the Pac-12, uh, in my opinion. They have to figure out their quarterback situation. Uh, you'll talk about Oregon here, here in a little bit as well. Uh, but if they could get that figured out, I, I think you see a, an Oregon-USC uh, Pac-12 title game. And, and we'll talk about all the coaches on the hot seat here in the Pac-12 uh, in a little bit. TJ, what is your Pac-12 championship team pick? I went with you as well. Uh, Oregon-USC, um, you know, wanted to pick somebody different out of the, U, out of the uh, South, but uh, struggled to find a team that I – you know, liked more than USC. I think they clearly have the most talent in that division. Uh, it is just a matter of whether or not they can put it together enough uh, to, to win the South and whether that would be enough to keep Helton around for another year. Um, to be determined on that, but uh, I, that is my pick as well. And I, I do agree with you, Oregon, definitely the class of this conference heading into 2020. Yeah. And what's your uh, what's your best game in conference? Well, in conference, I went with Oregon and Washington, um, two teams that I think uh, probably at the top of the North. Uh, I debated putting Cal ahead of Washington, but uh, really struggled with California's lack of offense in any time Chase Garbers was not on the field. Um, so I don't trust Washington necessarily uh, as they're in transition, but I think that that will be uh, a very good game that could decide the, the North. Um, certainly is an argument to be made for USC or Arizona. Uh, I went with Oregon, Washington. I think you'll have two of the maybe top 10 defenses in the country on display in that one. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm going to take USC at Utah. It's. Um, it could be a game that decides the Pac-12 South title. Uh, so we'll see. But it, it's a game. Utah is a very tough game to play. Uh, a place to play at. Uh, Utah doesn't return a lot. I'll talk about them in, in a little bit here as well. Um, but it, it's a game that is always close. Utah. It's a revenge game for the Utes from last year and all that stuff. Um, let's go best non-conference game. I think you probably have the same um, the same pick as me. Uh, Colorado at Colorado – just kidding. Um, Oregon – or, or uh, Ohio State visits Oregon supposedly a week two. We'll see if that happens. Um, but this is a – it could be a college pr uh, playoff preview. It's a chance for Oregon to – make their claim for a college playoff berth. Uh, for Ohio State, it's um, – this is their margin for error. If they go out on the road and win on the West Coast, uh, they can afford to lose a Big Ten game and still get in uh, to the college football playoff. Same with Oregon. If they um, – you know, if Ohio State comes in and they play them well, uh, they might be able to squeak in as a one-loss uh, – you know, a one-loss – Pac-12 team, but it, it erases their margin for error as well. But if they beat Ohio State, you know, the same goes uh, for them. 
in terms of, hey, that's a, just another notch on the resume. I don't, Oregon's not going to play another team as good as Ohio State, and that win will resonate uh, throughout the season and, and really get to uh, as long as they get through with, it, you know, no more than one loss, they probably get into the college football playoff. Uh, TJ, how about you? Are, what are your uh, – what is your best non-conference game? I mean, I hate to agree with you all the time, but that is certainly the best game. It's one of the best games nationwide, non-conference. Uh, it's a game I was really looking forward to at Outson Stadium, a rare trip out. I mean, it's, it's really a Rose Bowl game played on September 5th um, with a, a rabid Oregon crowd. I mean, that, that, that they would have been pumped up for that one. It could have been a clash of top 10 teams uh, on September 5th. But unfortunately, you know, without fans there, uh, very likely you'll, you'll have no fans in, in the stands for that one. Certainly takes some of the luster off of it. But if those two play, uh, you'd have a whole lot of talent on the field. Now, I think you're right. If Ohio State goes out there and loses and then runs the table, they still probably get in. Uh, if if it's the other way around and it's a, um, you know, a, a Oregon loss, I don't know if they've got enough on the rest of their schedule uh, to get them in. But um, yeah. that was uh, to be determined, I guess, for sure. A lot to be decided, of course. But um, I, I do think that those are two playoff contenders meeting in September. Anytime you can get that. Uh, I think that's going to be your top game. Yeah, and I believe the last Big Ten team to go out to Oregon and win were the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, so it's uh, – we'll see. That, that would have been a game that would have been, you know, must-watch TV on that second Saturday. Uh, sleeper teams, yeah. TJ, I'm taking Arizona State. I'll get into them a little bit more <laughs> in more detail uh, in my in – my, um, my segment for previews, but the South Pac-12 South just—it's not great. Um, and I think Jaden Daniels, uh, who was a star as a freshman, is going to can take that next step as a sophomore. You, uh, Herm Edwards ha has out recruited USC last year for the first time in Arizona State history. Um, so I, I think. Uh, Arizona State could be that sleeper team in there, and uh, you just you get Utah at home. It's a team that if they could figure out their their offense, uh, and they wanted to change a, a more of a power run game, if they could figure out their offense, it's gonna be uh, a game. You know, a team that could could make a run at that Pac-12 uh, Pac-12 South title. Uh, how about you, TJ? What is your sleeper team for the Pac-12? Well, I, I don't see anybody unseating Oregon, but a team that I like quite a bit and a program that I, I'm really beginning to appreciate, uh, Justin Wilcox and the Cal Golden Bears. Um, Chase Garbers, they were 7-0 and with him, uh, you know, starting games and, and performing. Uh, just one in five without him. So, or one in six, excuse me, without him. Um, I'm, I'm struggling to really find a sleeper just because I think that the, the Oregon Ducks are a lot better than anybody else in the league. Uh, 
but I do think that Cal, given their defense, given the, the guys that they've got in place, uh, I think that there's an opportunity for them to at least uh, make game things uncomfortable for Oregon uh, because of how good their defense could be. They do have to replace quite a bit, but I like the kind of the culture that Justin Wilcox has in place there. Um, I like their ability to overcome some of those deficits that they had in personnel. And if Chase Garbers does stay healthy, you know, that could be a scary team to, to face. Yeah, it's always Pac-12F dark and all that stuff. So let's get into our individual team previews. I will start with uh, good old Southern California. Um, USC, I, I think this is a must-win season for Todd, Todd, Hel uh, Todd Helton, Clay Helton. Um, he's recruiting. He's been on the hot seats for, for since that Rose Bowl season. His recruiting dropped to 55th nationally for the 2020 class. I just don't see how anything short of 10 wins is, is going to do it. Um, and that's a dangerous game to play. You've already seen the – the downfall, uh, downside of it, you know, USC's recruiting class averaged like a top five class forever. And then they dipped to 55, uh, 55th in the nation last year. Uh, their schedule is really, really tough. You open with Bama. You have to go to Oregon. Uh, you get Notre Dame at home. All three of those could be losses. And right there you're looking at sit, uh, at just nine wins. And I don't know if that's going to be enough to – um, to keep uh, Hilton there. You also have Washington coming in from the north. You have to uh, you have to go to Utah. It's it could get ugly early, and I think USC is one of those teams who can benefit from no fans in the stands because we've saw seen the last couple of years those games are half full anyway, and I don't think that that's a um, I think it's a big detriment in terms of team morale and recruiting and all that stuff. So I think it's kind of a, uh, a cop out for USC to say, Hey, we have to cap at 25% or not allow fans at all and things like that. Uh, so they uh, USC pro uh, returns possibly the most talented quarterback in the country or in the conference in uh, Keaton Slovis. Uh, he was excellent last year. QB depth could be an issue with JT Daniels and Jack Sears uh, hitting the transfer portal. The defense and this, I make this joke every year, Texas and USC are the, the we're back teams. Uh, the, every year they have their we're back or we're not back moment, and it seems like it's been doing that for a decade. Uh, but their defense must improve under Todd Orlando, who was at Texas before. And it was a similar situation where they had a ton of talent, but they didn't get the res uh, results that they needed. So if that defense could turn it around, the offense was excellent last year. Um, it's a young defense, and they have a lot of returning uh, production. They just need to put it all together. And to me, USC is the clear uh, is the clear favorite on paper in the South. But we've seen in the last couple of years what that means. It doesn't whatever is on paper doesn't mean much. Uh, when when teams hit the field uh, when it comes football time. So, TJ, where are we going with you first? 
we are going to look at the Pac-12 uh, defending champs and I would say the uh, heavy favorites to repeat Mario Cristobal and the Oregon Ducks. Uh, Oregon, you know, for a long time uh, had a very successful program um, built really on speed. Uh, Marcus Mariota's teams, they almost won a couple of different national titles. Um, unfortunately, you know, they had a, a bit of a step back uh, and then turned to Mario Cristobal, which seemed like a kind of an odd fit. However, he has fairly quickly turned them into uh, a power smash mouth team that's built on defense and, and in the line of scrimmage. Um, they're a physical force, and I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see if that can continue after last year. Uh, the defense stepped up to become one of the nation's best. They held half of their opponents to 10 points or less. Um, the offensive line really dominated a couple of very good defensive lines, including Utah's in the Pac-12 title game. They returned Pene Sewell, who is arguably one of the best and most dominant players at any position in college football. Uh, so they returned him. Um, I, I do think that there's a chance that Oregon's defense will be the best in the country. They get 10 of 11 starters back. Uh, and a significant number of them uh, played a, a very key part in them being a top five defense last year. Uh, you don't think of Oregon and think of defense, but that's what we have here. Uh, a good, good receiver group, not, not difference-making necessarily. Uh, the running backs are really good. Uh, there's a trio of them that, that I think are going to split the carries fairly evenly, um, but they've got a good stable there question is going to be do they have enough quarterback play to be a national title contender uh tyler slough is the uh the guy that's going to be given the first shot anthony brown transfer from boston college um, comes in there one of the big offseason moves that they made was bringing in joe moorhead uh at offensive coordinator former penn state oc and mississippi state head coach thought that was a really good hire by uh, Chris DeBall and should pay dividends pretty quickly. Uh, um, if anybody's going to get, you know, something really good out of this offense, I think it, it could be uh, Joe Moorhead. I have a lot of respect for what he did with Penn State's attack. Um, it really turned around what had been kind of a rocky James Franklin era up to that point before he brought in Moorhead. So um, obviously the Ohio State game early is key. Uh, but I, I think Oregon has the the ability, given their dominating offensive line and given their defense, they have the ability to go unbeaten and get into that playoff. It's a question of how good can the quarterback play be. Slough is a former four-star, but he's going to have to play really well for Oregon to go from a really good Pac-12 team to a national title contender. Yeah, and Oregon's got some – it's like bizarro world with Oregon and and um, their style of football under under Mario Cristobal. Uh, let's go down to Utah. Um, Utah was a near playoff pick last year. They were, you know, a, a Oregon beat them in the Pac-12 championship game, but going into the last day, 
uh, if they had won, they're likely in the college football playoff. However, this year they rank 105th in returning production and 130th on, on returning production on defense, 105th on offense, according to pick six previews. That's a lot of lots of talent on a very good offense and a great defense that has left. Uh, now, Kyle Whittingham has been recruiting better, uh, but is it going to be a rebuilding year or a reloading year uh, in Salt Lake City? They get Jake Bentley um, coming in from South Carolina. Uh, it could also be Cameron Rising coming in from Texas to take over uh, the quarterback position. It's going to be running back by committee with Devin uh, Brumfield, Jordan Wilmore, and TJ Green. They do have some weapons to throw to four of their top five receivers um, come back. It's a really, I believe, a manageable schedule. Uh, you get BYU in the opener at home. Um, you have to go to Cal. You get USC at home. You have to go to Washington State. You get UCLA at home. Um, you, your crossover games really aren't that terrible. If you could get off to a hot start and these replacement players who come in for all this NFL talent that had left, it Utah could be that team that sneaks up on, on USC as well, especially with USC at home. But as I said, they lose a ton of talent uh, and things like that. They do have to go to Arizona State. That is a tough game. Uh, to play down in the desert. Luckily for them, it's November 21st, so it won't be a thousand degrees down there. Um, and then you have to go to Colorado to end the season. So back-to-back -back road games to end the season, you get a good off week right in the middle of the year. It splits the game seven and five. Uh, but again, and they do have to go to travel to Wyoming third week three. And we've seen people struggle, uh, struggle up at Wyoming as well. They beat Missouri up there last year. Uh, in the opener. So uh, Utah, we'll see if it's a rebuild, re, reload type of thing. Is it, it's a, it a should be a bold team uh, with a chance to do something uh, a little bit more as well. They're, they're back-to-back Pac-12 South champions, uh, but they, this is a transition year for them. Uh, TJ, where are we going next? All right, we'll get TJ back here in a second. There we no, go. Sorry about that. Thought I hit it. Um, okay, so we're going to Seattle, Washington to take a look at the Huskies. Chris Peterson gone, of course. Uh, Jimmy Lake, uh, former defensive coordinator for the Huskies. They move him up. Um, never really any question about who was going to take that position. It seemed like uh, Jimmy Lake was always Chris Peterson's guy to, to step in there. He is going to try to bring a bit more um, to the Washington program that uh, was early for good or bad. Um, they were taken by Oregon as kind of the it program uh, in this division. Uh, Oregon's out recruiting everybody in the Pac-12 right now. Uh, including Washington, who even under Peterson didn't really recruit that great, more of a development program. 
Jimmy Lake is, is a guy that uh, should up the recruiting a little bit. Whether or not he can, you know, up the program is to be determined. Um, the offense, I, I didn't love the, uh, the hire of John Donovan as the offensive coordinator. Another <laughs> Penn State tie uh, with Donovan. Um, I think far less impressive than Joe Moorhead, but uh, they only get 30% of their offense uh, back in terms of production, and it's not a good offseason to try and rebuild an offense. Uh, it wasn't good last year. It's going to be much better this year. Uh, so it should be really good. They had to play a lot of young guys last season, uh, and those growing pains are, are going to pay off this year uh, it should be a, a top 10 defense with an incredible pass rush. They, they bring back pretty much everybody, and then they, they have a, a good incoming class, including a five-star in-state kid, uh, a pass rusher named Savelle Smalls that uh, should make an immediate impact, much the way we saw Kayvon Thibodeau do last season for Oregon. Um, it's, it's really going to be one of the better defenses in the country. They opened with Michigan. Uh, maybe. And we lost TJ again. Um, talking about Washington, they do open up with Michigan or should open up with Michigan. That'll be a big test uh, for both teams. Um, there is some weather moving through the area, so we do have some issues with connectivity. Um, but, yeah, Washington, it's, it's going to be a transition year, right? And we got TJ back. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, difficult schedule in terms of the road games. Oregon, Utah, Cal, USC, plus a home game against Michigan. I mean, they could be improved and still struggle uh, to get to maybe eight wins. Uh, I just I don't see the schedule there for them to challenge Oregon in the north. Yeah, it's it, coming off the coaching change. They, they've lost a lot of talent as well, um, as well there, so – you know, we'll see what Washington does. Uh, now we're going to head down to Arizona State, my sleeper pick for the Pac-12 South. Uh, it was tough to pick them between them and Utah. I just think they have more coming back, uh, more known coming back than Utah. Uh, the Herm Edwards experiment seems to be working. I know we made fun of this uh, a couple years ago when he was hired. Uh, asked what, what Arizona State was thinking. Uh, but they got a great coach, and his he's got back-to-back eight-win years, and, and things seem to be clicking. He did have to replace both coordinators this year. Uh, he's bringing in Zach Hill from Boise State. He wanted more of a power run game, um, which Zach Hill ran at Boise State. Uh, O-line can be an issue again. They lose uh, a lot of production, but they do have two key transfers coming in. Um, they did out-recruit USC for the first time ever the last cycle. And Jaden Daniels is a fantastic quarterback. I think he's the next best quarterback in this division, which is why I picked him to be the sleeper. Uh, he's gone on the road and beaten Michigan State. He's, uh, you know, he's won eight games. He's won a bowl game and things like that. So can he take the next step and, and become a star in this league as well? 
uh, the defense. Marvin Lewis, another old NFL coach, is coming in. They're going to change their their defensive scheme up to a 4-3 instead of a 3-3-5. So we'll see how they can adjust to that. Um, Their defense returns 76% of their production uh, from a year ago. The schedule, and and take these schedules with a grain of salt because games like playing Northern Arizona, they might not happen this year uh, and things like that. But, you know, they they got a pretty reasonable – uh, non-conference schedule with Northern Arizona at UNLV and BYU uh, coming into Arizona State. Uh, it gets tougher in conference. You have to go to USC. You have to go to Oregon. And then you get the uh, the game at the end of the year against Arizona at Arizona. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough conference schedule. You kind of control your own destiny. You don't really control your own destiny. I mean, uh, by going to USC, uh, you do get Utah at home uh, on November 21st, but that comes following a trip to Oregon uh, and before a trip to Arizona. Your crossover games are Cal and Washington State, so it's not too bad. Uh, and Oregon State is another crossover game for them as well. So it's not too bad. You couldn't have handpicked a better crossover slate to, to get some wins there uh, either. So uh, we'll see what they do. Can they take a next step and contend for the South? That's the question. We'll see. It depends on that defense. It depends on if Jaden uh, Daniels can take that next step. Uh, TJ, what's, who's up next for you? Yeah, touched on them earlier. Uh, we'll go to Cal uh, Berkeley and Justin Wilcox's program. They won eight games in 2019. The question's now whether or not they have enough to challenge uh, Washington and Oregon for the top of the north. Uh, I think they can pass the Huskies this season and get to second, possibly, uh, if Chase Garber stays healthy, but uh, just not enough firepower there to bring in and really some questions as to whether or not they can reload on defense. Had to replace uh, quite a bit, including three NFL draft picks. You know, you give a team like Oregon or Washington the benefit of the doubt when it comes to replacing guys. Uh, California, they're going to have to prove it a little bit. Uh, I do think Wilcox has a system in place that can do that, but until you see it, uh, you're allowed to be a little skeptical about it. Um, you know, the offense without Garbers was just really ghastly. It was awful without him, uh, a bottom 10 offense without Garbers. But with him, uh, they were at least somewhat effective. Uh, there's just not a lot of skill position talent uh, beyond him. And that's a problem for sure when you're going up against really good defenses like Oregon and Washington. Uh, they, they host Oregon. They host Washington however not a lot of chance given the lack of firepower for them to really move up much Uh, I do think that if they can you know establish themselves as a consistent seven eight win program this year with the solid season uh, you could see a young defense this year develop into you know a upcycle if you will and have a shot at 10 wins uh, the following season Yeah, we'll see where, where Cal goes and, and things like that. Um, next, we're going out to Colorado in the Pac-12 South. 
this is where there's a drop off. I, I, I really think that that there's you know, there's a, a clear top one in the Pac twelve South and then Utah and Arizona State are pretty close. And then there's Colorado and Arizona and UCLA. Um, Colorado was hit by the perfect storm, back-to-back five win win seasons. Uh, they're kind of building with Mel Tucker. All of a sudden, Mark D'Antonio resigns right after signing day. That coaching search takes forever, and they come out with Mel Tucker from Colorado right before spring practice, uh, which inevitably got canceled. So you're bringing in a new coach with no spring ball, none of his own recruits there coming off of back-to-back losing seasons. You're losing um, two of your top playmakers in wide receivers, Tony Brown and LaVisca Chenault, who, if you hadn't seen played, play was awesome. Um, they have a decent offensive line to, to build around. Who's going to play quarterback is up in the air, too. You have Tyler Lytle, who is an IU quarterback target, um, who was ready to commit, apparently. Uh, but didn't, and Brandon Lewis, uh, Brandon Lewis uh, will compete for the starting job. Uh, you got running back Alan, Alex Fontenot, who had a really good uh, year in 2019. He could be better in 2020. The defense returns a lot of their unit from 2019, but that was a bad defense. Um, you do need to keep an eye on uh, Bama, Alabama transfer Antonio Alfano. He'll help improve that defense. Also, Mustafa Johnson along the defensive line will be healthy. That could help. I think this is a year zero type of situation at Colorado. Um, there's talent there, but you're bringing in a new coach, uh, John Embry. There was no spring ball. It was after signing day. It's just, I think, a tough situation. Your schedule is really, really tough. You have you have. Uh, at Colorado State, at USC, at Stanford, at Washington, Oregon at home, and you have to transfer or transfer, and you have to travel to Texas A&M. How many of those games actually get played? We'll see. But you, looking at that, that's six games that they could you could totally lose, or at least go five and one. Colorado State is breaking in a new coach and Steve Adasio as well. So it could be a total. I, I think a year zero type of situation in uh, in Boulder uh, for the Buffs. TJ, where are we where are you taking us next? Colorado is certainly an interesting hire there as well. Embry, not exactly an inspired choice, but maybe like Herman Edwards, it'll pay off. Uh, I'm going to Palo Alto, California. We're going to talk about Stanford. Uh, you know, they're the Pac-12 bully no more. Uh, that title was stripped from them uh, when they were punked up front by USC and then Central Florida in consecutive weeks. There were alarm bells already, but that really uh, kind of had it sink in that Stanford wasn't, you know, what we have come to expect from them any longer. Uh, they've been forced to kind of turn to a, more of a spread offense as they couldn't move the ball on the ground. Uh, the offensive lines, they had a lot of injuries, but still, it's nowhere near the quality you've come to expect from them. Uh, they they do get several injured starters back, and if they are to return to anything cl- 
close to the form we've come to, to expect from Stanford. That group's got to be a lot better. KJ Costello's gone, so it's Davis Mills now. Uh, it's his show. Uh, but, again, if the line can't step it up, nothing's going to matter because those elite defenses in the Pac-12 North will swallow them whole uh, and no quarterback would have success. Uh, they did get good news when top cornerback Paulson Adebo decided to, to come back for 2020 after he battled some injuries in 2019. Um, the defensive line, you know, it's pretty thin. Uh, not a lot of depth there. They lost two starters, including Javon Swan. Uh, to Indiana uh, to transfer. Um, they avoid Utah and Arizona State, but they do have to travel. Notre Dame, Oregon, Washington, and Cal. Uh, again, I think getting to a bowl game is just going to be considered success. I think you have to ask the question, has Stanford's David Shaw, uh, have they seen the, the peak of that program come and go? And if so, then how much longer is that situation tenable for both parties? Um, not suggesting they'd look to fire him, but, you know, if you're seeing diminishing returns, you've got to wonder how long is David Shaw interested in sticking around for that and how long would Stanford be okay letting it just continue to dwindle? Yeah, it's one of those situations, like you said, uh, is it time to cut bait or do you expect them uh, to rebound? Speaking of cutting bait, um, before we get to UCLA, this would be a good fishing advertisement uh, time. But let's get back another uh, message from our sponsors over at Bet Online. Again, there is no shortage of action going on with our partners over at BetOnline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But now you, uh, UCF. Uh, UCF, U UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer have all resumed play, and Bet Online has the best odds lines uh, for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening live every day for our devout gamblers to check out. Bet Online also offers hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag on your computer or mobile device today and join now to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Um, we're heading to UCLA. I, I kind of alluded to this before. There are a lot of coaches in a normal year who would be on the hot seat. You've got Clay Helton up at, at USC. Chip Kelly is certainly one at UCLA. We mentioned David Shaw's uh, see, could, could be getting hot as well. Uh, but Chip Kelly has been an utter disaster at UCLA. Uh, in his first year, he won three games. Last year, he improved and won four games. It's, uh, it's just not, not a good situation there. They haven't, you know, he's – Recruiting has been a little bit better. They, they upped the class to 32 from 41 in year one. Um, in 2018, he was at 19. So there is some talent, but it's not the Chip Kelly magic you saw at Oregon, uh, you know, earlier in the, in the 2000s. Their scoring offense was in the 70s. Their rushing offense was in the 80s. Uh, passing offense was only 42. They lose star power at every position on offense you do return your quarterback and Dorian Thompson Robinson who had a pretty good year out when he got hurt 
UCLA's offense was dreadful. The defense was awful. And it's not like, uh, you know, in the past when you had a mediocre Oregon uh, defense and an elite Oregon, Oregon offense uh, where you can make up for that, UCLA ranked 116th out of 130 teams in scoring defense, letting up 34.8 points per game. They gave up half a point per play. That's ridiculous. Um, total defense was 113. Uh, they returned 53% of that defense. So whether or not you want to think that's a good thing or a bad thing, they were awful last year, but only half of them returned. Uh, so you look at their schedule, it's not too bad outside of we'll see if that Hawaii game happens. Um, so they do play 14 games, but outside of that, you get New Mexico state at Hawaii at San Diego state, which could be tricky. Um, or your non-conference games. Uh, and, and then you get Stanford at home, which isn't too bad. You draw, um, Oregon, you draw Oregon state and Washington state as well as Cal at the end of the year. So it's not, it's not a terrible schedule. It's just, do they have the talent to get through this? And I think you look at, at the end of year three with Chip Kelly, if you're looking at anything less than six wins, it's what are we doing here and things like that. Um, you know, support for UCLA is going down. If you look at recruiting total in California, a lot of those top recruits are leaving the state, which is why USC and UCLA are both struggling. Um, and that's something, if you're a recruiting junkie, to look into as well. Uh, but it's just, I, I don't see UCLA jumping back into things. And, and you got to think after, you know, if, if you, don't see vast improvement in year three with Chip Kelly uh, to cut bait and try and go after somebody else. Uh, anyway, TJ, where are we going next? The Palouse, Washington State. Uh, Mike Leach is gone. The Dread Pirates set sail for Starkville. Uh, that'll be a fascinating experience or experiment in the SEC. Washington State opted to kind of air or stay in the uh, air raid tree, if you will, um, kind of a run and shoot offense that Nick Rolovich brings from Hawaii. Uh, his 2019 offense was fourth in terms of pass percentage plays. So don't expect the Cougars to start running the ball a bunch, but it is certainly going to be more um, more carries for Max Borgie, which, you know, it seems like a good idea to give the ball to your best player. Uh, so Rolovich will probably do that more than Mike Leach did, and that should benefit him. You know, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet. They do have some options, but uh, they're going to be dealing with a complete restart at wide receiver as well as a change from a Mike Leach system, which is just completely different than anything else that gets run. So when you're transitioning from that with a new coach and you don't get a full off season that's a major hindrance for the development of, of this program under Rolovich. Uh, the defense returns a lot of production, but just like with UCLA, they stunk last season. So how good is that? Um, defensive coordinator Tracy Clays left midway through the season. Uh, they tanked after that. They were a very young defense. So you'll probably see some improvement just from added experience. 
uh, and they brought in the, the former Wyoming defensive coordinator, uh, which, again, you'll see some improvement just from there's not where, anywhere to go but up. Uh, to rebuild through and through, and they're missing the bulk of the offseason, I'm picking them to finish absolutely in the basement of the Pac-12 North behind Oregon State as well, who I'll talk about next. Wow, that's uh, you're saying Oregon State's going places. Um, that brings us to the uh, the bottom of the Pac-12 South. Arizona, Khalil Tate's time is over. I hardly uh, hardly knew you, Khalil Tate. It was supposed to be one of the most exciting eras in college football in the Pac-12. You brought Kevin Sumlin in. You thought it would be Johnny Manziel 2.0. Um, or as some people referred to it as Desert, Desert Vic um, out there. Kevin Sumlin's been there for two years. He's got all of nine wins uh, in those two years. He's 0-2 against Arizona State. Uh, Arizona hasn't beaten Arizona State since 2016, and it doesn't look like they'll beat them this year. So that's that's got to weigh in it. It's another year three situation. If there's no not vast improvement and you you know you brought in your own guys, your recruiting hasn't been really good. The best class has been 56, but he's been right around that 60 range uh, in the rest. It's just you know what are you doing? Arizona had a good run with with Rich Rod, um, but after a, a three and nine year in, in 2016, they just getting back up to seven when 2017 wasn't enough, and it's uh, it's tough being down there. So Grant uh, Gunnell uh, will be the full-time quarterback. He's a better passer than Khalil Tate. He'll have full control of the offense. They have to replace their uh, their starting running back as well in JJ Taylor, uh, who averaged. 4.8 yards per carry, but they do get Gary Brightwell and Nathan Tilford back. Uh, both of them averaged uh, north of five and a half yards per carry last year. They bring in Jalen uh, John and Frank Brown as well, uh, two three, high three-star uh, players. They started eight different offensive line com- uh, combinations last year. Uh, that offensive line was absolutely destroyed by injury. Um, and it took a top 50 run push line and put them, uh, you know, in the high 80s, uh, high 80s there. Um, Playmaking on the outside is going to be tough. They have gone five years without a thousand yard receiver. Um, but you've got Brendan Schooler coming in from Oregon as a transfer who should help there. Defensively, they were awful last year. They ranked. Uh, 118th in scoring defense, slightly better than UCLA. Um, in passing defense, they were 126. They averaged just under half a point per play. Um, they do return nearly 80% of that defense. So they need to improve, uh, is the bottom line. Uh, they uh, are switching from a 4-2-5 defense to 3-4. We'll see if that improves it, but it's another year three type of situation where you're paying a guy a ton of money and you say, hey, if, if we're not improving, um, what, like, what are we doing? 
and Arizona. Pick six previews has them ranked as the 61st best power five team, and there's 66 power five teams. Uh, so, you know, it's Arizona's not that bad of a football program. Um, and I know they're on the West, you know, out West and play late at night, and people really don't know much about them. But they they had things going a little bit there under Rich Rod and, and, um, and before. So uh, we'll see. Their schedule is – not awful. Um, they open up with Hawaii at Hawaii or Hawaii in, in Tucson. We'll see if that game happens. See if Portland State happens uh, and things like that. You do have to go to Texas Tech in the non-conference. Um, you do get have to go to Washington and you have Oregon coming home, but you do get Oregon State at home as well. So, you know, it's a the conference schedule stinks um, for them, especially drawing those two uh, at Washington and Oregon at home back-to-back weekends as well. It's just, can, can they improve? Are they going to be a team that could, you know, they've been on a decline from seven wins in 2017, five wins in 2018, four wins last year. Is Are we still seeing a decline or are we, uh, rebuilding in Kevin Sumlin's third year. If not, uh, you could see another coaching change. Uh, if this were a normal year, another coaching change in in the Pac-12 there as well. Final team of the day, TJ, where are we going? Yep, the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, now, you know, I, I've got them ahead of Washington State, but that's mainly because I think it's incredibly hard to switch from a system like Mike Leach's, uh, especially when you don't really get an offseason. Um, I do think Jonathan Smith has the Beavers going in the right direction. That's a very, very difficult job. Corvallis is an outpost, uh, hard to get players there, uh, especially when your in-state rival is just this behemoth that is hammering you. Um, it's, it's difficult. It's a tough spot. They've got to figure out how to take a step forward without offensive linemen returning. Uh, it's a rebuilding offensive line as well as quarterback Jake Luton, who was a really good player for them last year. Uh, they do get Jamar Jefferson back. He's a really good running back, uh, under the radar guy. And they've got some real good speed at, uh, at receiver, the defense gets back almost all their front seven, so that's a positive for them there. They do have to rebuild the secondary a little bit, but um, there's not a ton of great quarterbacks in this league anyway right now, so I don't think it'll hurt them too bad. Uh, if they keep the same schedule, they've got to play at Oklahoma State, at Arizona State, at Washington, at Utah. They host Cal and Oregon. That's really tough. It's tough to find six wins in that schedule. Uh, but they do get to host Washington State, which is why I've got them ahead of the Cougars in that front. But um, it's just a tough road to hoe for Oregon State. I think they're going in the right direction, but they've got a long way to go to even be a consistent uh, bowl program. Um, it could start with them getting to six wins this year, but I don't see it with that schedule. Yeah, it's um, – I, I just hope we get a, a season we'll see – We'll yeah. see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens from there. But TJ, thanks for joining us. I know how futile it feels trying to preview something that is, let's face it, probably not going to happen. 
at least until spring awards, you know, games might have not happen and we don't know what players are going to opt out and, and things like that. So uh, thanks for joining us today. And uh, we'll be back next week doing the group of five. Absolutely. Yeah. Hopefully everybody has a good, uh, good week and hang in there. We'll try and find some positive news somewhere. Yeah. Right now it's uh, it's like Eeyore. So yeah, uh, we'll I know. figure it out. Yeah. All right. Thanks TJ. Uh, that does it for today's Who's uh, Your Huddle podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the Pac-12 preview. Hopefully we get to see some of these uh, games get played. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, come back to HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have you covered. IU has moved into phase two of their um, their athletics plan for uh, reopening and things like that. So there should be updates soon. Uh, they're probably going to be updates regarding a season here in the next couple weeks, at least by late July or early August when, when camps are supposed to start. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, so keep it tuned to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. And we have a final word from our partners over at Manscaped. Uh, men, start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to re uh, reduce those painful nicks and tugs. Uh, this is a third-generation trimmer, trimmer featuring advanced skin-safe technology so you can keep uh, yourself nice and smooth. Manscaped engineering uh, team obsesses over the technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Uh, and they spent over 18 months perfecting uh, the greatest trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved uh, lawnmower 3.0. Uh, you could get 20 uh, to try it out. You could get 20% off plus free shipping with the code, code armchair at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening. Also another uh, word from our, uh, partners over at Armchair, they're still doing their Armchair Scholarship. They will uh, provide four or $500 stipends to give away for young black creatives for the 2020 fall semester. So uh, if you're looking, if you're black, a black creative and looking for an opportunity uh, and need some help paying for that opportunity, this is uh, perfect for you. And you got to hurry up because the fall semester could be starting shortly. Uh, all applicants are directed to apply at scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. Anyone looking to fund their own $500 scholarship uh, through armchair are directed to email andrew at armchairallamericans.com. Uh, so uh, if you're looking for a chance, if you've been passed up, uh, you, you need, there are three requirements for eligibility, be a black creative under the age of 21 and submit a project um, whether it's graphic design, photography, writing, audio, video, journalism, creative writing, any of that stuff, um, email those to scholarship at armchairallamericans.com. Uh, thank you guys very much. We'll be back next week doing our group of five, um, our group of five preview, and then we'll finally get to uh, the Big Ten after that, and hopefully uh, we'll continue with the previews and um, and have a season in 2020. Uh, thanks for joining us. Stay safe, wear a mask, and we'll see you next week.
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 